Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And the man across the studio from me who doesn't want to sit next to me is Scott Chasen. <laughs> Scott, how was, how was your off weekend? Uh, my off weekend was nice, mostly because we had even more distance between us than normal. Oh, my gosh. It's just this... This is a hard workplace. It's difficult. To <laughs> Hostile work, work environment. Yes. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions. If Scott remembers to put them up on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, don't fret. You can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com and we start things off with our two-minute drill the two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's your work boot center well Fitz K-State took the week off as the Wildcats prepare for Iowa State what do the cats need to do to or what do the cats need to shore up heading into the season's final seven games well it's kind of funny you know going into the Oklahoma game we all thought maybe it was the offense that needed to be fixed a little bit Skylar Thompson shows up the offense looks great and the defense just looked awful and they're going to have to figure out that defense and and the question looming is it the the new 335 is it not working or is it how they're executing it if you ask Chris Kleiman which I did uh, he says it's tackling and just making sure you make the play at the point of attack and I feel like there's a mix of this I feel like maybe they're not as uh, efficient in tackling as maybe they need to be but also I, I feel like they kind of shifted the gear into more of a passive mode than what they were earlier in the season. And, and maybe that's a function of so much zone defense that they played on the back end against Oklahoma and guys just dropping into coverage. I just don't feel like they were on the attack. I, I really know that I understand that K-State doesn't always match up with some of the athletes you see, particularly against an Oklahoma. But I think it's important for the Wildcats to stay on the attack, to be the aggressor, and even take some chances. I almost feel like falling into the trap of let's not give up big plays at the cost of everything else. And uh, it, it really does put K-State in a hole in some ways. I think special teams have finally come around as Malik Knowles has taken back back-to-back kickoff returns. Just a really impressive job by that unit. And I don't expect them to see very many more kickoffs. Uh, offensively, I, I think they found themselves a little bit more. And in a weird way, I think Skylar Thompson's injury really does help him out as a quarterback. It taught him that he can trust the pocket. He doesn't have to flee the pocket. He doesn't have to run when his instincts necessarily say run. And, and then again, Scott, you want to balance that with the kid has to play football. He can't overthink things. And, and maybe he you know, was overthinking at one time. Against Oklahoma, he just stood in the pocket and found receivers, and it worked really well. I'm, I'm anxious to see what he does when he can mix that run back in. Does he get back into some of his bad habits and maybe run too early? But he is a really effective ball carrier when they call on him. But 
Uh, this, is, uh, this is a big stretch for K-State. Seven straight games, and we're going to find out a lot about this program. I, I definitely think so. Probably in a hurry, too, just given who they're going yeah. to play. But one other thing that stood out to me, the off week, I, I think it really came at a great time for both Kansas and Kansas State, especially for Skylar Thompson, to get some game experience and now to get that week and say, okay, let me regroup. What did I do? What did I learn? Kind of the stuff you were talking about. I think that'll help Skylar Thompson. Yeah, this, this team seemed a little bit worn down. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this seven game is going to be a long stretch, but they needed this break, no doubt. Scott, Kansas had plenty to clean up this week. How did the Jayhawks spend their off week after the blowout loss to Iowa State? Well, Fitz, as you can imagine, internal improvement was a big focus. And and a lot of teams spend their off week. They do a self-scout. They look at, you know, what are our problems? How can we fix us? That's usually the focus. But uh, especially for a Kansas team that was so, you know, with a staff that was late arriving and, and still is figuring out a lot schematically on both ends and and really special teams too. Uh, I think that self-scout and self-improvement becomes all the more important. Now, uh, I think there are areas offensively, defensively, and with special teams that Kansas wanted to get better in, and so I'll run down all of them. Uh, Offensively, turnovers like you just saw, uh, they've started to become an issue. They weren't early in the season, but it's a lot of middle mis- uh, little mistakes. It's how are you holding the football? Are you trying to force a play when nothing's there because you're worried about the game being out of reach? Um, those are sort of the issues that are popping up more now as compared to maybe some of the schematic stuff blocking-wise, which for Kansas has actually gotten a lot better. Now, defensively, there have been some big issues, and you see, again, another breakaway touchdown by Iowa State that kind of uh, highlights that. You know, one of the problems Kansas is having right now is with the secondary. And, you know, maybe everyone or or nine or ten of the guys are running the right look and, you know, in the right schematic, whatever. That 11th guy, that cornerback, he's playing man while everyone else is playing zone. Or he's dropped into an area because he thinks he has to cover for someone else who is actually doing his job well enough that he's not going to be targeted. Uh, That's created some issues for this Kansas defense that um, you can't have when you're already at kind of a talent deficit, a size, athleticism, speed, strength deficit. So you can't have guys doing the wrong thing schematically. Finally, special teams. You know, the return game has been good enough for Kansas. I don't think it's been great. I don't think it's been horrible. But what hasn't been good is blocking on kicks and punts. Kansas has already had a punt blocked in return for a touchdown. Kansas has already had a few kicks blocked. So uh, for Kansas schematically, I think it's blocking when it comes to special teams. Defensively, making sure everyone is in the right spot. Tackling did improve against Iowa State. Still not where Kansas needs it to be. And then offensively, it's cleaning up the little things because Kansas's offense has actually shown itself to be pretty decent. But if you're turning the ball over and making those backbreaking mistakes, um, you're not going to be able to move the ball and put up points. So uh, that's a lot, Fitz, but Kansas has a lot to get better yeah, at. They so. do indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game of the week, though, Scott, was uh, in the Big 12 was Texas and Oklahoma, and it was yeah. a great game. The Sooners came back to win 55-48 after turning to backup quarterback Caleb Williams, who was really special. Yeah. What did you make of that performance? Well, Fitz, Oklahoma scored on six of the last seven drives of the game, and, and this is all second half. That included four touchdowns, all by, you know, led by Caleb Williams, who also had a long rushing touchdown in the first half, led another field goal drive. If you're doing the math on this one, he accounted for like 45 of the points in this game for Oklahoma uh, when Oklahoma got down early. By the way, uh, what a catch right there. I don't know uh, many guys in the Big 12 across the country who can make that catch. But uh, I was so impressed with what Oklahoma did after turning away from Spencer Rattler. And Fitz, this is something that was so long in the making. Uh, Spencer Rattler opened the season with two picks against Tulane, a game they could have and probably should have lost. Uh, you know, Oklahoma struggled with Nebraska. Oklahoma, uh, you know, Spencer Rattler has thrown a pick in every Big 12 game he's played in, and he doesn't have more than two touchdowns.
touchdowns in a game other than the, you know, one kind of gimme contest they scheduled for the second week of the season. So uh, I think Oklahoma has had very real problems. I don't totally know that this fixes them, but they had to make a change. You know, I, I think we collectively, media, fans, everyone praise coaches a lot of the times for sticking with their guy. And I think it's good when coaches do that. But I also think there's a, a level of uh, maybe gutsiness needed to know when something isn't working and make a change. Texas did it. They changed quarterbacks. It's worked out for them. And I think Oklahoma probably will work out for them, too. Um, I was just amazed that Spencer Rattler came into Manhattan, played that well. I mean, he was 22 or 25, and he did have an interception. And yet he didn't really ever seem like he hurt the Wildcats that much in that game. And then he just looked like a guy that was a little bit overwhelmed against Texas, which is strange for a quarterback that's had some experience. And I think there's a lot more working here behind the scenes than, than just what we're seeing on the field. I don't think his teammates trust him. And his reaction after the game, leaving the field, instead of really celebrating in any kind of prolonged fashion with his teammates, he just left by himself, is a strange move. Uh, I, I, I literally think he was walking off the field and into the transfer portal. It's mm -hmm. going to be a very interesting week for Oklahoma football. Absolutely. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, what will be a higher point total, Iowa State football against Kansas, which was 59 points, or Iowa State basketball against Kansas? And we see uh, the results. That's that first meeting between Iowa State basketball and Kansas. And 52% of people think the basketball Cyclones will outscore what the football Cyclones did, but 52-48, that's pretty close, Fitz. That was crazy. This week's question is this. Facing a quarterback controversy, is Oklahoma a legitimate college football playoff contender? We've got a, a, riot, a variety of answers for you. A is yes and B is no. That's, that's your choices. That's a lot of choices. Mm -hmm. Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, K-State showed some promise in the non-conference schedule, but lost its first two Big 12 games. Fitz, how important does that make this upcoming game with Iowa State? Really big. And, you know, heading into the season, I predicted K-State would win those three non-conference games and then go one and two in this three-game stretch, meaning they have to beat Iowa State to make that happen. And if they come out of this start of the season at four and two, I think they're in pretty good position. Iowa State struggled this year. They have had some issues. They have blown out two teams that you should blow out, UNLV and Kansas, and then really not played well in the other games. And really for K-State, they, they're going to have to find a way to disrupt that, that Iowa State offense. If Brock Purdy gets comfortable, like they let Spencer Rattler get comfortable, he will tear them apart. And he did that last year up in Ames. And really for Iowa State, if Purdy's good, they're 
excuse the pun, pretty good. And if, he, if the, he's not, they really struggle. So it's really important to get after him. K-State needs this. Uh, some fans will eagerly, strangely point out that K-State's now lost seven straight Big 12 games going back into the pandemic season for those five games they lost in a row. I don't go there because, honestly, I want to give Chris Kleiman credit for playing a couple of those games when he could have backed out and said, no contest, we don't have enough guys. Yeah, it's important to win the game. It's important to win as many games as you can. That's pretty basic for any coach or football program or basketball program, you name it. But K-State now has an opportunity to really get rolling. They have these seven games in a row. They leave the state of Kansas twice in those seven games. They go to Austin, they go to Lubbock. There are other road games in Lawrence. They really do have a schedule that after Iowa State presents them with opportunities to rattle off wins. So if you get that ball rolling with Iowa State, I'm not saying they're going to finish on a seven-game winning streak, but they certainly can finish with eight victories on the season like I projected at the start of the year. That should be something very manageable if you can beat Iowa State. But this game means more than just what's happening this season. I think it's important for Chris Kleiman to step on Iowa State and climb over Matt Campbell. He's been a thorn in the side of K-State on the recruiting trail and in other places. you got to get a dominant sense over that program that might pay off dividends on the recruiting trail because honestly, K-State and KU are losing too many area players to Iowa State, mm -hmm. to Iowa State. So now it's time to start getting that turned around. Yeah. Fitz, a quick note just as someone who covers a team who just played Iowa State, uh, I thought going into that game, if Brees Hall was Iowa State's best player, Kansas would have a chance to at least keep it competitive, did not expect them to win, but that if Brock Purdy was the best player in the game, that it was going to be ugly. And I think that's what ended up yep. happening. Because that's spot on. When... when you know, he can, he, he's so up and down at times, he'll make plays where you wonder, this is the guy who returned for the extra year and he's mm -hmm. the special quarterback. But when he does have it dialed in, they, they become so hard to beat. So yeah. I, I do think he's the key for K-State. Absolutely. Well, Texas Tech is up next for Kansas. Scott, if the Jayhawks could regroup and win, what would that mean for the program? Well, Fitz, I think it would mean a lot. And this game is, I think, when the right reason to ask this question is just because you look at the rest of the schedule, yeah, Kansas plays Kansas State at home. I'm skeptical that will be a competitive game. Uh, maybe you look at West Virginia at the very, very end of the year and say uh, Kansas will be the best iteration of itself. Again, I'm a little bit skeptical of that. Um, this Texas Tech game, Texas Tech has been a team that Kansas has actually played competitively in, in the last two seasons. It was a three-point game last year. Uh, two years ago, it was a three-point game that Kansas was behind 17 to nothing and actually won. If you remember the end of the contest, Kansas had a field goal for the win. It was blocked. It was recovered by Texas Tech, who tried to advance the ball. Uh, you know, a Texas Tech player tried to lateral it. A Kansas guy grabbed his arm, forced a fumble. Kansas got a second chance of that field goal for the win and the Jayhawks ended up winning that game one of the wins by Carter Stanley and, and that Kansas offense it was actually pretty good uh, on the season so Fitz when I look at this game uh, this is about the point in the season where when things are going really poorly not just not well but things are going really poorly when Kansas fans might start to tune out uh, especially with how ugly that Iowa State game was getting behind 28 to nothing right from the jump feeling like you weren't in that game at all uh, I think that took some KU fans and uh, maybe brought up some of that apathy that you would expect to happen when you have a team that's struggling, but maybe you can fend off just with some explosive performances. 
Uh, I bring up that Carter Stanley year a lot because, you know, KU only won three games that season, but it was a fun season. Kansas scored 48 points against Texas, 48 against Boston College. Kansas put up, uh, you know, I think, what, 37 points against Texas Tech, 31 points against Iowa State. Kansas State in games was competitive. Uh, this is kind of that turning point for your season where if you win the game or, or you keep it really close, yeah, you're going to keep those KU fans engaged. You're going to keep them watching. Even as basketball season starts to creep up with the Champions Classic coming in early November. But if you get blown out in this game, especially at home, on homecoming with fans coming back into the stadium, you're going to have a hard time convincing anyone to come back for games the rest of the year, maybe other than Kansas State. And I think that sets you back a little bit when you're trying to, to kickstart a new program. And for the life of me, Scott, I can't figure out Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. They lose on the road and then they lose, or they win on the road and then they lose at home. And yeah. I've mispicked their picks both weeks. I, mm-hmm. I can't figure out what's going on in Lubbock. Mm-hmm. Now let's step out of bounds. And Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, we're taping this before the Chiefs play the Bills, so we don't uh, yet know the result. Don't but tell us. <laughs> let me ask you, win or lose, how important is this game to the franchise? The Bills are good, mm-hmm. and, and the Bills uh, have set their sights on the Chiefs. So this is going to be another game for the Chiefs that, you know, the target's on them, which is very common. And if you ask me through the early part of this NFL season, the Chiefs aren't responding to that role of having the target on them. It's almost like they're a hair too casual. The defense is, well, trash. I mean, they've got to fix that. And if they don't fix it against the Bills, well, who knows what happens. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes is great, but he's not been as razor sharp in those big possessions towards the end of the game as maybe you want him to be. I think they've gotten a little casual. Uh, In the NFL, everyone is so comparable. Even the bad teams can beat the good teams because there's so much parity in the league. That's how the league is designed. And the Chiefs are almost overestimating their, their gap mm-hmm. that they have over everyone else. They're playing too many teams too close. And honestly, Scott, they just got to fix that defense. They, they, it's like a, they, they can't plug all the holes. The water just keeps leaking. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's the defense that's really troublesome. Yeah, well, let's do a little time travel here. Let's say, you know, if the Chiefs won this game, if you're a Chiefs fan, it, it really doesn't matter how, even if it's a 50-48 to yeah. 48 game like the Oklahoma-Texas game. I guess that was 55-48. Um, a very bad beat, by the way. I think you're feeling good. I think you're feeling, again, like maybe the Chiefs can come up with enough answers. Maybe they can still get that number one uh, playoff seed in the bye. And if they didn't, I think it's right to be a little concerned. This team's probably not missing the playoffs. In fact, almost certainly not missing the playoffs. But um, I think it's fair to wonder how much of a contender this year the current iteration of the Chiefs are if they you know, can't come up with a big win or at least you know, playing a really good, really highly competitive game. So uh, I think that's what we'll be looking for Scott, tonight. have you ever been so good at something you just look bored? <laughs> that's the way the Chiefs look. Yeah. Now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Metalark over in Manhattan, supporting people and living their best lives. Make sure you check out Metalark. Our fan question this week is, Fitz, do you think next year's Kansas State quarterback is on the roster from David in Manhattan? I probably should have let Scott read that <laughs> since it's for me, but I just took it because I'm selfish. I do. I do. I don't know if that's Will Howard or someone else, but I do. The, the question actually is, will they take someone out of the transfer portal to get immediate help? And the problem with that, and I've said this on our podcast repeatedly, you take a transfer portal quarterback, it blows up that quarterback room. Mm-hmm. You probably have two of your three guys on scholarship that are returning leave, and then you kind of start from scratch. If it's that bad and they do that, it tells you it's that bad. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
Oh, I'm getting it. Hold on. Okay. Spencer Rattler. Yes. No. Okay. I can put you through to Fitz. I can. I can. No, no I'm just kidding. No, no thank you. No, <laughs> no. I'm well, a great quarterback, but no. Uh, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Let's look at last week's results. The viewers went two and one uh, to get themselves up to 33% on the season. Come on, viewers, come on. I went two and one because I'm outstanding. <clears throat> and Scott went one and two because hmm. he covers KU. Yeah. And now here's this week's picks. We start with K-State. Plus four and a half in Manhattan versus Iowa State. Scott, what do you got? I'll take Iowa State. I feel pretty good about this one. I think Iowa State will start to get going. That's not an indictment on K-State. It's just more about Iowa State. I think K-State wins this outright, but Mm -hmm. also I'm not good at picking K-State games, oddly (laughs) enough. Well, next is Kansas plus 16 and a half versus Texas Tech. Fitz, I actually weirdly like Kansas on this line. What are you feeling in this one? I gonna take tech because it's like uh, something I can't get away from that cavity I keep poking with my tongue. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take tech. I'm trusting tech to get 17 or more in in victory at KU. Not great. Mm. Our last game of the week is TCU plus nine and a half at Oklahoma. Speaking of things we can't figure out, mm-hmm. I I don't know, Scott. What do you got? I like TCU. I've been high on them. It's burned me before. I will continue to stay high on them, and we'll see how it goes. Mm, I'm not trusting the Frogs. I don't really like the Sooners. I'll go with the Sooners because I think they'll have a change of quarterback that will help them. I don't know. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 Tell us what you think. Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community. And we start, as we always do, with the always knowledgeable Scott Jason. Well, uh, you know, I won't spend my time talking about my game pick last week between Oklahoma and Texas. And now if Oklahoma had just kicked a game-winning field goal, that would have been a win uh, for this side of the room. And instead, they scored a touchdown on the penultimate play of the game, and it was a win for uh, that side of the room. But uh, look, I think Kansas has a lot of reason for... Maybe not, I don't want to say the word hope because that sounds probably overly uh, optimistic, but uh, Jason Bean has been someone who we've discussed a lot, who Kansas fans have been excited about. Kansas has a quarterback. That's really important for your football program to establish the game's most important position, and he's a guy who's going to be returning, who's going to continue to hold down that position. Now for Kansas, it's about figuring everything else out. It's about getting the fundamentals right. It's about learning and growing through this year and learning and growing through an offseason. Don't be surprised, though, if next year Kansas actually makes a pretty big jump. I want to talk about Spencer Rattler some more because I'm fascinated by this kid. He is so, so talented, but he's always been 
crossing the line from confidence to just being arrogant and troublesome. And I think he went over the line with in his own locker room. And I can't stop but wonder if it's not something to do with the name, image, and likeness. If he hasn't received such a big payday now that he's kind of separated himself. Because we all know that eventually the NIL is going to have a really negative impact on certain locker rooms. And coaches are now going to be asked to manage the egos of college players who are making a lot of money, some a million a year off of NIL uh, payments from advertisers. It's, it's really going to be interesting to watch Spencer Rattler through his career. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media.